Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, that managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. If you haven't checked out the website itself, do so. We got your pro wrestling news, photos, videos, all that good stuff. Cover MMA and boxing as well. Have a Triple G Canelo 2 post show we did last week. Bellator 206, which we did last night. Also, I did a Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor post show podcast with Carlos Toro. Also, we go live after every Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view. You know the drill. We have a ton of shows coming up soon, including a big weekend next weekend, UFC 229, McGregor, Habib. But that morning, real early in the morning, we're going live right after the Australian WWE Super Showdown. I am not looking forward to (laughs) making that show. But I took a poll. The people wanted it in the morning, so you're getting it in the morning. But right now... On a Sunday, one of many Sundays that are going to be occupied by non-WWE dates in October, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I am joined by Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes. Jeff, I I just mentioned that, but I mean, a lot of people might not even know what I'm talking about. But between September 30th and the end of October, WWE is running Evolution, but Mm -hmm. on several other Sundays, we have Impact Bound for Glory from New York. NWA 70th. I'm doing a show after that as well. And New Japan's running a show. So everybody's getting a little taste, but really no conventional WWE pay-per-views on Sundays in October. Seems a little bit weird, but hey, tonight was a nice start. I'm, I'm kind of happy for the respite, to be honest with you. Who's doing that morning Australia show with you? Uh, Mr. Warren Mister Warren Hayes, who does our 205 Live May Young Classic NXT <laughs> review on FightfulSelect.com. By the way, guys, if you all want to support Fightful a little more than just the thumbs up and subscribe, we do have a premium service where we do retro reviews, Q&A shows. We do uh, weekly podcasts reviewing NXT, 205 Live, May Young Classic, as well as Impact, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor on the Weekender podcast. Check that out. Give it a glance. Our buddies at Pro Wrestling Unlimited on YouTube, check them out. They were at the show tonight, told me that somebody, a reporter who they had never seen before, made an attempt to steal Davy Boy Smith Jr.'s mouth guard. That is ill-advised, Jeff. 
if you're media, you're there to just watch. You're not there to take souvenirs. You're not there as a fan. You are there to be impartial. You are there to get information. You are there at the grace of New Japan. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and talk about this show. Opened up with Taguchi, ACH, and ACH and Jushin Thunder Liger defeating Rapongi 3K. Now let's talk about the attendance first off. I thought they did a pretty good house by the looks of it. Wasn't filled up. No. But the thing that stood out the most to me, it was a loud crowd. All night long, this crowd was into it. Uh, the production could have been a little bit better, but you and I talked the other day, uh, and you didn't even know this show was this Sunday. Yeah, and... I, you're you're from California. I know, and I should I should know these things, but it's like one of those things. I, I'm going to tell you this: that overall, this card feels like, and it feels like New Japan wants to run an American style promotion with New Japan talent over here. That's what all these matches felt like. They felt booked like an American promotion. I'm under the impression that it's a disconnect with the crowds in California, and they're kind of killing the town because I think they want a new Japan card from that Japan would get. But at the same time, you listen to this crowd tonight, they do have a very, very loyal built-in fan base in Southern California, even if it's not the fly-in crowd, because I think the fly-in crowd was tapped in from both All In and Bola being two weeks ago. So, I mean, you can't fault what they're doing, but at the same time, I think you do need to be a little bit concerned that there's a certain expectation from what the American fans want Versus what they're getting. And what they're getting is very good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing this. This was a solid show, I thought. I enjoyed it. But I think what what a lot of people want when they're waiting for a car to be announced in the States, they want a G1, New Dominion, WrestleMania, if you want to call it that, style card from New Japan. And they're not getting it. Which the, the is first the first half of this show, sorry to interrupt, seems like no. what WWE is gonna do in Australia this this Saturday. Mm-hmm. They book it as like, here you go, here's your show. Yeah. Meanwhile, they could they could go without flying several of these per- people in. They don't have to bring some of these guys. But then you see people like Chris Saban and Flip Gordon on this show who outside of the the super juniors, they're not getting or in the tag tournament maybe aren't getting those bookings. No. But, I mean, that also did allow Ring of Honor to use some of the talent this weekend and all that. I will say uh, Access didn't run this show this weekend. Instead, they ran X-Factor UK. <laughs> so that, and I can tell you from a media perspective, it was a big difference in what previous yeah. New Japan U.S. shows were. Uh, Voices Voices of Wrestling didn't get any media credentials or any requests for media or anything to that effect. So you can tell it's kind of it. it, it it's not. It's not that the bloom is off the rose, so to speak. But the hype, the honeymoon period is over. Let's put it. Yeah, that way. yeah. I had tweeted something of that nature uh, last week, but it, it definitely does seem like that. I'll have more about that in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly on Friday. Kind of some experience there, and of course, guys, check out the Pro Wrestling Unlimited YouTube page. They're going to talk about that as well. But we'll have more on that early access to that over at FightfulSelect.com. But there's a neat finger up the ass spot to start this show. I'm sure you like that, Jeff. Jim Ross was thrown off by it. Yeah. <laughs> I would go to an indie local here, Aberdeen, Ohio. It's the only city near San Antonio and Portsmouth as far as terrible cities in the world. But they would run 
indie shows, and they would bring in Al Snow, Shark Boy, Eugene, and the match for all three was the same. They wrestled the same type of guy, and Al Snow would take head, Shark Boy would try to bite, and Eugene would try to shove his thumb up the ass of whoever they were fighting. Tommaso Ciampa would do that during PWG Battle of Los Angeles all the time during the 10-man tags out here, too. So, yeah. Well, at least on that show, you got some bumping. You weren't getting any bumping in in these shows at all. This was the laziest 10-minute match (laughs) you could do. This match wasn't that. It was a very average match. Jim Ross makes a joke about Rocky Romero as The Rock, then explains the joke. Super smooth. Just super smooth. Uh, Taguchi mocked sort of the, the the Rocky Romero clothesline spot with his running asses to the head. Dodon wins it for Taguchi, ACH, and Liger. Cutesy opener match, harmless. Yeah, very harmless. They do these comedy openers all the time. And, I mean, this is usually where you'll have the Yano spot too. So no no big difference there. Uh, although I, I love showing you. I do. I'm hoping they get out of this spot soon. Did no Yano tonight surprise you, considering how over he's been before? Uh, you know what? It's nice not to overplay that with, with the Japanese talent there. You kind of cycle them in and out with the Americans, and you make a nice, well-rounded uh, card. The addiction of SCU, essentially, defeated the Bullet Club combo of Chase Owens and Adam Hangman Page. Kazarian stitched up after taking a shot from Mark Briscoe on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Page and Kazarian go after each other with lariats, but Owens comes in, and he was on fire. He looked really good uh, early on in this match. Page does this great drop kick off of Daniels to moonsault Kazarian. Such a beautiful spot that pretty much spurned on, and this is awesome, Chan, about three minutes in. Oh, it was great. I love this Owens hangman tag team. I did, and I loved this match. I thought that spot was great, and the somersault moonsault into the code breaker on out, out yes. on the apron was fantastic, too. I loved this match quite a bit. Well, I mentioned on the weekender when we review Ring of Honor and on Death Before Dishonor, any review we do, I hate the shooting star shoulder block. Shoot, it doesn't shoot, make shoot. it doesn't make any sense. It slows down your momentum, if anything. Uh-huh. So I was glad to see it countered. And the other night, he almost it, it almost got bad because his head didn't get cleared when he did it. But you all can check that out in the review. But I'm with you. I like the Hangman Page Chase Owens combo. Christopher Daniels, who I spoke to recently, interview up on Fightful.com, speaks very highly of Hangman Page, says that he's one of the guys that, that's going to lead uh, Ring of Honor into the future along with guys like Scorpio Sky and Jeff Cobb. So when all the time Ring of Honor is getting their coverage rated, they are replenishing, and being the elite is a big part of that because I don't know that Hangman Page is as far along as he is without that being the elite show. And this, was, this wasn't like a blowaway match or anything, but it was a damn solid match. I, I would argue the best of all those early tag matches and six oh, yeah. tags of the night. Yeah. And here we are in 2018, and while Christopher Daniels is starting to look a little more his age physically, there is not anybody in wrestling who it's an STO like Christopher Daniels. It's perfect every time. I think Ross put it best. These two are very smooth. And and they are, and you can and you can see that. And, and by the way, I have been more hard on Jim Ross than anybody. I think in the commentary on New Japan stuff, I thought he was perfectly fine tonight. He wasn't taking away too much. His only downside is he can't get the energy up like he used to. He tried during that Young Bucks match to get get the you know get the juices flowing, and he couldn't quite get the energy up there. But you know, get, he, he get, wasn't get the juices flowing. You say? Oh no! Here we go. 
Get the energy up, you say? You've been what? You've been hard on Jim Ross, have you? Well, I know what you did, and this isn't even a plug. I'm just happy to announce we're still with Blue Chew through the end of the year. It happened, guys. We're renewed. BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. Use that code. This is a free one for my boys at Blue Chew. I was just happy to announce we've renewed. But if you want to be hard on Jim Ross or anybody, if you want to get your energy up, if you want to get your juices flowing, check them out. Full plugs returning this Monday on Raw. (laughs) And anytime you take Blue Chew. So you mentioned the shooting star shoulder block with the code breaker. Beautiful. In that interview, uh, I encourage you guys to listen to the Christopher Daniels interview. It was really good stuff. He had such a fantastic piece of advice because I talked to him about his longevity. He said, I don't do a lot of things in the ring at three minutes in that I can't do 30 minutes in. He was like, that's how I keep from getting hurt. That's how I keep from getting out of my depth. That's how I keep from getting into a spot where I'm going to run in trouble or run into trouble. He's like, I can do the best moonsault ever two hours into a match if I need to. And, uh, this was just a good one. The best Meltzer ever beats Chase Owens. Good match. The Jeff Cobb super push continues one night after he beat Punishment Martinez for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Spoiler alert. My apologies, guys. And he's still getting a big push on uh, Lucha Underground TV, but he said he's he's out after season four. He flipped Gordon and Chris Saban, beat best friends in Hiroki Goto. Cute spot where Saban needs to help needs help to uh, whip Jeff Cobb, which I really liked. Yeah. Cobb also breaks up a best friend's hug, but eventually they get over, get get to it and do their flip over the top rope. That lawn dart from best friends never seems to connect <laughs> quite right, but I love the move and I love the idea of it. Uh, flip Gordon, I, I've often been critical of him looking like he's waiting for the next spot. I thought all of his athleticism came together perfectly. In this I match. thought he was, I thought he was really sharp tonight. I, I did. This is, the most, this is the most impressive I've seen flip Gordon in a long time. As if ever, this is about, you know, the best friends comedy spots. And, and for me, what really made this match was Goto and Cobb's hoss battle about halfway in when they just start beating the crap out of each other after the, after all the comedy was done. I, I it, it was a nice mix of, of early lightness followed by big men doing bad things. I thought this was perfectly acceptable. It, 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 if the card didn't have nothing but tag matches for the first half, it would have stood out a little bit more, I think, but uh, overall fun match. Yeah. Flip Gordon was on. He got blasted by a big knee from Beretta. Goto gets tagged in. We had that sirloin beef sons of bitches Oof. battle. Chucky e. T can't suplex Cobb, <laughs> but, he <laughs> and Trent, great. but he and Trent can. And then Cobb returns the favor with a suplex on both of them, but is almost pinned by a Chucky e. pile driver, which was great. I, I've, you know, I've not been exposed to a ton of Chuck Taylor. What I've seen in Ring of Honor and New Japan and PWG, I got to see him uncork on the boys, that gut-wrench pile driver that mm-hmm. he just did with such disdain. I love a good Chucky e. T pile driver. And that was an old school pile driver, wasn't it? Just kind of like the old Lawler style where you yep. just kind of pick him up and lean back. I love those. He wins with Tour of the Island, he being Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Godo wants some more of Cobb, but Cobb doesn't back down. Godo does. 
it's a good showcase for Cobb and Flip Gordon, mm-hmm. I thought. And uh, I think that Flip made the best of what he had, but this was about Jeff Cobb, 100%. And, and I don't think Ross had ever seen his finisher because he was obviously very impressed with it. Oh, you know he loves a good power slam. Oh, he's 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 watching him like Dr. Death in 1985. Oh, yeah. So, uh, as we mentioned earlier, a bit of a spoiler alert if you didn't read the Ring of Honor TV tapings, Jeff Cobb became TV champion, defeating Punishment Martinez. Martinez, you take one look at him, obviously there's going to be WWE interest. Dave Meltzer uh, reported that he is WWE bound. The people that I've talked to within the company who would definitely know uh, seem to think that he is as well. The thing about Punishment Martinez, and this isn't, you know, he's not a New Japan guy, but he, by his own admission, told me he wasted a lot of time in wrestling because he was big. He's put it together in very, very quick order. And he is a guy that if he had spent a lot, much more time on the independent circuit would have a much bigger following. But to me, he looks about like everything they wish Baron Corbin could have been. You just stole my thunder. (laughs) I think I said that, I think I said that on the SmackDown show once that, that, Punishment Martinez, everything they want Baron Corbin to be. And it's a shame he's, what, 36 right now? But uh, you know what? He could be a solid guy in there to show, you know, the big guys how to be. Yeah, I mean, he he could be solid in NXT. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and 36, as we've seen, there are guys that doesn't much matter. Mm -hmm. And I I like the approach. They're like, if we can get a few years out of them, let's get a few years out of them. Why not? And it thrills me because I have a Making a Finisher episode with Mr. Martinez in the can. Nice. And that that will piss WWE off very badly because I'm going to wait to run it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Next edition, by the way, guys. Bringing it uh, UFC 229 weekend. Stevie Ray of Harlem Heat breaks down several Harlem Heat finishers. The Slapjack, where he got the idea. I love that one, including one that he and Booker just kind of had to stop doing because it was too dangerous. Look out for that next week. Also, I have a super spooky edition for Halloween, Jeff. Yeah. Is Sister Lucretia involved? <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> so, Zack Sabre and Killer Elite Squad defeat the LIJ combo of evil, Tetsuya Naito and Sonata. A uh, boy is Naito over in America. Yeah, um, obviously the star and and with the large Hispanic congregation that goes to these New Japan shows, they love the Los Ingobernables de Japan. They they really do. I love the pop-up power slam from Killer Elite Squad. That damn move is like, it screams AOP, adopt me as a finish. That is, is, is just awesome. Archer hits some clotheslines hard. Whenever I see that, I'm like, man, I wish Roman Reigns would take a look at some some Archer clotheslines. That's how he should be running into people. Naito, Naito gets tagged into a huge pop, runs through his dropkick spot uh, with Sabre, has the crowd in the palm of his hands. Sonata flies over the top rope on the KES and gets some real air doing it. Inside the ring, Sabre and Evil, Evil go back and forth, with Evil getting a two on Darkness Falls. But Sabre pins Evil while flipping off the crowd. This was a beautiful visual He is such a smarmy piece of shit, and I love it. He plays that role so well. Saber has Evil's number, and Kelly and Ross tell the story of technique over size, and Saber gives this just sarcastic thumbs up to Evil. What did you think of this match? I liked the match overall. Um, I liked the story about Evil and Zack Saber Jr. My one critique is 
is Zack Sabre Jr. kind of went back to his PWG days early for me in terms of uh, selling. Um, I I found his his selling a little too goofy for my taste because he would he would do it and then he'd all automatically be back and hitting a guy. You know, it, it's kind of like I'm taking a moment to sell, and now I'm back being Zack Sabre Jr. again. That was my only issue with this. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think he's a very great smarmy heel, and this is what he should be in terms of trying to be painful while doing joint manipulation and the like. I loved the pinfall, but it was just kind of that middle area where they're where they're getting the heat on him, and he's selling that. Just it came off as I'm going to be goofy for a moment, then I'm going to go back to being Zack Saber Jr. It it just kind of took me out of the match a little bit. I would agree. KES beat up a young lion. I mean, they beat up this young lion. That power slam on the floor. I'm like, dude, what did I sign up for to go to the Santa Monica Dojo? Good Lord. Davey Boy Jr. put an ass whipping on this young lion. Stole something from him or something. Jesus. By the way, guys, my match ratings for this show will be out in the morning. Make sure you all check out the scale, how I grade things uh, before you send me hateful comments. Switchblade, Jay White, and the newly turned ghetto defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kushida. White and Tanahashi battle outside the ring with White beating up Tanahashi pretty bad. Kushida's not in this match for like the first five, six minutes. And for those who aren't New Japan regulars, Ghetto turned on Okada last week essentially to hitch his wagon to Switchblade, which New Japan really seems to be doing. And I think the character work there is fine, and Switchblade seemed like a real big deal tonight. The work necessarily not sold on but Mm. from from a character perspective i mean compared to the tanahashis the okadas the omegas the ibushis of the world not quite there in my estimation but uh i'm not gonna say that he won't grow and adapt and all that there is a terrible body spot or body press spot with tanahashi and ghetto it looked ugly as hell Kushida makes it in, gets some offense. Tanahashi is back with a rolling neck blaker and a sling blade, but Ghetto breaks up that pin. But Jay White comes in and hits a blade runner on Tanahashi, who has that briefcase. Jay White wants it. When do we see this match? Do we see it next week? Do we see Wait, it? I think we see it next. I think we see it next week. Man, I should, see. I should have picked Jay White for making a finisher because I have him in the can too instead of Stevie Ray because you should capitalize off that. Damn it. I love me some old crafty veteran ghetto. And this match yeah. is this match is straight out of 1980s, mid 80s territory wrestling, which is what ghetto studied when, when he was. I mean, he loved Crockett and he loved Florida when Dusty was there. And when, this when was the this, first time you saw ghetto ever. EC, ECW. Was think, it? With, with Jado versus uh, yeah. Rob Van Dam and Sabu, their okay. first match, I think. I, I saw him in Halloween Havoc 97 in a WCW magazine when he faced Jericho. Oh, that's right. Okay. I may have seen him in New Japan before that, too, that I was watching tapes from the mid-90s and the early 90s yeah. when I was in college, but I just didn't know who Ghetto was at the time, probably. I, but I was like, who's this Japanese Mikey Whipwreck with blonde hair? Like, why, why is he wearing this getup? And just to see how like what became of Ghetto, and that does add a, a huge new ripple to this this situation, and and them putting more behind Switchblade JY. Right, but also Kushida was there waiting for the hot tag. That's what this whole thing was about. Was you get the heat on Tanahashi, and for for and you keep Kushida out of the match until you tag him in, so he can make the comeback, and eventually 
ghetto with the brass knucks to screw everybody. I mean, this is straight Midnight Express, fantastic style type of booking. I, I, I really enjoyed this. I loved watching ghetto just get his butt kicked for a while. I, I love old crafty ghetto. Love him. Guys, doing the Q&A show this week on FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe, submit your questions. You can get uh, your questions in just $5 a month. Ask as many as you want. Starting at $10 a month, you can submit questions for me to use in interviews with wrestling talent all across the world. Check it out, FightfulSelect.com. A nice bonus service. But for now, just leave us that little thumbs up. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title Tourney. Marty Skrull defeated Will Ospreay. This was a slapper. This was Um, a damn good match. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Best Marty Skrull match I've seen in a long time. Yep. Because he didn't rely on his greatest hits. You know, the super kick, just kidding. The chicken wing, the br- breaking the fingers, you know, where he quiets everybody off. I mean, I, I beginning of this year, I forgot what card it was. I think I was on with you. I said, if you've seen one Marty Skrull match, you've seen them all pretty much for the last year and a half or so. Uh, this was fantastic. And that 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 move off the top. Oh my God. I can't believe Osprey took it with his neck and shoulders in the condition that they are. And I'm a little surprised Marty Skrull won here. I thought they were going to be building for the Kushida Osprey, you know, super fight here, but I guess they're just going to go straight baby heel dynamic on, on this tournament. So I will admit that I often forget how great Will Osprey can be in the ring. Mm-hmm. I'm never. Even a couple nights ago, he had that great match with Jay Lethal, and I wasn't like, man, I'm excited for this. I knew he was going to win that match. It wasn't. I didn't have any doubts that Jay Lethal was going to win that match. But even this one, because you said, as you said, Marty Scroll, he, he plays a lot of the same hits over and over again. And this reminded me how great Marty Scroll can be. Yeah. And – he can do this in a match. Hey, I mentioned Punishment Martinez earlier. He had a magnificent sprint with Punishment Martinez yes. earlier this year. That that's the other match that was really Ooh. really fantastic this year. Was were, were those two? I think, and maybe the four way that they did in, in yeah. January. But this match was just outstanding. And uh, Osprey sometimes he makes things look so effortless, 
that I just forget. And he did this springboard, which I, I love the handspring out of an Irish whip. That's the only time I like it. I don't like the lethal injection. It doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense to do that move, to do that handspring like that. Out of an Irish whip makes a little bit more sense. Confuses your opponent a little bit. He did this flip kick where he went all the way around, and I was yeah. just like, man. And I bet, I bet on a, any given Monday, Will Ospreay walks around. He, he, looks, he walks like a dumbass, probably, because of how hurt he is. That guy has to be in such pain. And the sunset flip bomb that I saw him do to Skrull, I was like, that had to hurt Osprey too. I think it hurt Osprey more because he protected all of, uh, if you watch it, he protected all of Skrull on his legs when he brought him down. He, yeah. I don't even think Skrull hit the ground on that one. Osprey saves a, what looked like a bit of a miscommunication or delay or a flub by crotching himself on the top rope, ate a Frankensteiner. Then Osprey ran up Skrull with a moonsault kick, got superplex or suplexed into a chicken wing in a beautiful spot. Mm-hmm. Then there is this just, and there were so many good spots in this, but Skrull went for a double underhook super or suplex, and Osprey just three sixty out of it, just rolled right through, and I was I was just in amazement. I was like, wow, that is, that is a beaut. Then there was this top rope. Tiger superplex that I didn't think was going to happen. I thought Osprey was going to flip through. I'm going to reverse it. Yeah, I, I did too. He took it and you're just like, oh my God, he might be dead. I mean, you are right on Will Osprey for me. I always view him. I mean, once I got past, you know, the fourth or fifth match I watched of his, I always kind of viewed him not, not as, not as a bad wrestler, but just as kind of a gymnast who does a lot of smooth, nice aerial moves but isn't really quote unquote wrestling. And this, this again with Skrull reminds you of really how great technically he is as well. I'm being told they are filming new being the elite content backstage, which is promising. I have missed that show Mm -hmm. truly have, but I'm with you, man. That spot psycho psycho probably should have been the pin. Probably should have been the pin, but, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it built once he kicked out, I was like, oh, man, Osprey's winning this. And then all of a sudden, Skrull got the win. I was just like, wow, all right. Yeah, at times I'm I'm opposed to stuff like that. Like lately, Jay Briscoe's been letting people kick out of the J-Driller just to pin him 30 seconds later. Yeah. Don't get it. But this amp Skrull up, and then he immediately whipped Osprey's ass, hit him with graduation, which I love, mm-hmm. and pinned him. This is a must-watch match, an outstanding match they put on. Check out this match, guys. Man, there there were things that happened that mattered on this show. And that's this was the first of three in a row, essentially. You had back-to-back-to-back matches with stakes that mattered, and then a main event that people just wanted to see. So uh, for that perspective, I thought that was, that was very good. But, man, uh, where does this rank on match of the night for you? Um, Wow. Uh, because that last match was something. Yeah. And I also, I really loved that, that Hangman Page Chase Owens tag match. Because it, it for me, I was like thinking about this as well. Um, I think it's second place though still. I, I think you still got to give the main event top billing and then this and then the tag match and then the Cody and uh, Juice Robinson match later I think was really good too. 
IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, the Gorillas of Destiny with Haku defeated the Young Bucks to become the champions. I was most interested to see how Tonga Loa kept up because mm-hmm. Tama Tonga can go 100 miles an hour. Doesn't always end up the best, but when Tama Tonga is on and he goes full speed, it, it's kind of scary to see sometimes because you're like, man, that guy's got a motor. Tonga Loa is kind of the Jim Nightheart. Oh, yes, this whole thing. And, that's, and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be the Jim Neidhart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt's back goes out on him for the first time in a while. And I saw some people saying, if anybody else had done this during a taunting spot, they would let him have it. And I don't necessarily agree with that. You can spasm. You can, your back can go out on random shit. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a good callback because they hadn't sold this in a while. And it was something that he sold so much early in the year, at least from what I've seen, because I haven't been watching a lot of New Japan lately. Uh, But it was a good callback, but at times I didn't like it. When Matt Jackson is picking people up, that takes me out of it. That takes me out of it, and we'll get to it. But Tongaloa attacks and power slams Matt on the floor. Matt fires back up a little bit, but he gets pushed through the table at ringside. This was a beautiful table spot. It was a perfect break. It just looked great. That and the dive outside, which shocked me, which he doesn't, I don't think he usually does that kind of stuff over the top rope anymore, especially against the guardrail type of thing. But uh, the Bucks were unusually crisp in this match, I thought. I, 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 or at least less sloppy than I'm used to in terms of, you know, losing their balance on top rope springboards and things of that nature where they're trying to be a little bit too clever. I, I thought this was a solid straight ahead kind of uh, kind of tag team match from them. And, and that's, it, it's unusual because usually they plan too much and they don't get it to it all here. They just planned a few very simple spots, I think, and they got to them all. That's what I liked about it. It's a very simple tag match. that told a good story and it paid off the, uh, the firing squad storyline. The only spot I didn't like, Nick hit a moonsault on Tonga Loa that didn't really connect. But other than that, yeah, uh, there was a Tongan twist countered into a dropkick by Nick, who tags out to Matt. Uh, Matt hits a suicide dropkick after he's out for a while, but a sharpshooter takes too much out of him. Super kicks on Tonga Loa don't get the job done. And psychologically, here's where I have a problem. <clears throat> Matt picking up a much bigger opponent to do the rolling Samoan drop. Hmm. Like, why wouldn't you just modify it? Why why would you psychologically, if you were hampered like that, do that? Then why would you take so much time to do a moonsault? Why wouldn't you just say, Nick, you do it? Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I, that, that's one thing. It, it's like, uh, and Kevin Kelly's pulling it over. Well, he has to do the moonsault to finish the move. And I'm just like, no, that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, he, he doesn't have to do shit. He doesn't have to do anything. And Nick could have done it. Then when I saw the tombstone set up, I was like, just go for something else. Like, why wouldn't you, if your back was messed up that bad, is it stubbornness? Maybe they'll explain that later. And maybe Matt will say that at the post, post-match post presser. It was my own stubbornness that got in the way. And if so, hey, cool. Pay it off. Close that hole. Whatever. No problem with it. Um, but the Meltzer driver didn't hit. Uh, because it's get it's intercepted by a stun gun, a beautiful one, and a Rikishi driver. Then essentially a 3D hits and wins for the G.O.D. They are tag champions. Like you said, pretty straightforward. Advanced storyline. Had to give the firing squad guys a little more heat. Thought it was the right move. 
I am anxiously awaiting the return of the good brothers back to new Japan and get their moves back from, from the, from the firing squad. Me too. <laughs> but uh, Carl Anderson looked like he was enjoying uh, watching the Bengals play an awful lot today. Didn't he? Those three and one Bengals winning at the last second. Cardiac cats. Best wishes to Tyler Eifert, who is a, oh. just a godsend on Madden NFL, <laughs> but not as much on the actual field. Get well soon, which isn't going to happen. Nope. Cody Rhodes wins the IWGP United States Championship, defeating Juice Robinson. He is now NWA champion, Ring of Honor six-man tag champion, and IWGP United States champion. When the action goes outside early, Brandy distracts and feigns an injury, allowing Cody to hit Juice with the falling reverse DDT. She is an important part to this act. She gets a lot of old-school heat. She is a smarmy little jackass when she needs to be, but she gets the pops when she needs to as well. What do you think of Brandy's contribution to this act? She's absolutely fantastic. She's Sherry Martell to the king. Yeah. She's baby doll the Tully Blanchard. I absolutely love this. Although this is this is a straight out of the eighties match, yes. which doesn't belong in New Japan, but it's still there. Um, we'll we'll get to more of that later. I mean, these are two straight out of the eighties guys, kind of yeah. too, though. I mean, yeah. and and for Juice, I well for both guys, it works because there aren't a lot of straight out of the eighties guys, and when you put them together, you're definitely going to get the kind of match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody's versatility is getting better and better. Yeah, like he he knows. Hey, I need to maybe throw in a Hurricane Rana here and there and send somebody into a buckle. And the spot where he came off the top down to the floor and Juice caught him and suplexed him was fantastic yep. tonight. He knows how to do spots like that that maybe don't necessarily impact him as they're not necessarily high spots, but they're different spots. Mm-hmm. You show somebody something different, it's not the same cookie cutter match. Uh, really good stuff. Cody also caught Juice with a nice flat liner back into the ring that looked good. Juice countered an apron disaster kick with a flying body press. Uh, Cody hits this beautiful low single from a waist lock position that Juice had and then sat right into the figure four. Real good stuff. Brandy keeps getting involved, getting that cheap heat. She gave Cody water to spit into Juice's face to set up a disaster kick and then pulled Cody out of the ring when Pulp Friction hit, Juice grows impatient, goes out to get Cody, but gets crossroads on the floor. They get back in before the 20 count, and then Juice kicked out of a gnarly vertebraker. I Man. like that Cody picked up that move. Nobody, Nobody's using that around here? All right, I'll take it. <laughs> here you go, Shane. Here, enjoy being on All In. New, New Japan Cody, a little bit different than American Cody, which I like. <laughs> yeah. And then on a superplex attempt, Cody turns it into a cradle and wins. What'd you think? I I liked the match overall. I thought these two worked very well together. I'm a, little, I'm a little torn on this because it is the right decision business-wise to put a, a secondary title for your promotion on the hottest promoter in North America right now. I understand that. But Juice had a lot of momentum. He has that glasses thing going, which he's doing with the kids. The crowds in Japan have really warmed to him. I'm just a little torn as to whether or not this was the time to take the title off of him. I understand the move because you're building up the three-way, which we'll get to in a bit. And Cody has had such success with All In and also now the NWA title and getting that back up. But 
does I'm they need to follow up with something with Juice to keep him hot. I wish he'd beat but, Jericho. I wish lest, he was the guy to beat Jericho. Yeah, I really lest, do. Lest lest he get lost in the shuffle again. That's 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 the problem here right now. He's too good to get lost in the shuffle, I think. Oh, and when he was on being the elite, I saw him and I was like, god damn. Of all the guys that have gotten over on being the elite, him is the gossip girl, essentially, <laughs> backstage. He, he gives the best promos of anybody in New Japan, though. I mean, even with the swearing. But I, I, I actually love watching Juice Robinson promos after matches. I think they're great. You want to talk about a guy where it paid off him leaving? Mm-hmm. It's just another case. Hey, this is a couple of great cases. Yeah, I enjoyed the match. I like these two. I knew this wasn't going to be... Skrull and Osprey, but I knew it was going to be about what it was, and I was excited for that. Main event, the Golden Lovers defeat the Chaos combination of Ishii and Okada. This was kind of sold on Okada and Omega doing Battle in America for the first time, and Okada wanted no parts of Omega, which was the right move for this match, I thought. It was a great heat getter. It was really smart. What wasn't smart, JR calling Ibushi a possible young ace. What could be? Ibushi is 36 years old, which is older than the champion, Kenny Omega, older than the current ace, Okada, and older than the storyline ace-in-waiting, Switchblade Jay White. But I get what JR meant. <laughs> he, he looks young. He does. Ibushi, Ibushi don't age, man. He's like has a painting of himself in an Skin care on that guy. Oh, yeah. Got to give him credit. The complexion is outstanding. I'm a bit jealous. So, JR... Forgivable. Forgivable. Ibushi throws some stiff kicks. Uh, Ishii returns with chops, and Okada gets in Omega's face. Ibushi is tossed around the ring, and the guardrails worked over. Okada really trolling Omega. They were building this up, Jeff. That was the story of this. Yeah, man, and it built up to a nice, you know, it, it really got it got the drama, and then once it was paid off, you got the crowd reaction, and the crowd was really into it at that point. This uh, was super stiff at times, and, and I like it. Had to be, had to be, had to be. Omega, the only the only issue I saw in this, there was kind of a sloppy running DDT on Ishii, but Omega was smart enough to turn that into like a bit of an angle where his knee was affected immediately after. I thought that was very clever, very very clever. Okada gets tagged in, but Ibushi just flies out of nowhere and hits him with a missile drop kick. That was amazing. Uh, the cross slash golden triangle moonsaults hit. Okada rolls out of the or kicks out of the rolling Samoan drop, standing star press double moonsault combo. That was a hell of a kick out. You got two guys on you there. That's how you kick out. Man, That's it builds more it. drama. Yeah. Golden lovers uh, are really on fire. They tease a melter melter driver. But Okada ends up scoring a tombstone, and it all started from a one-winged angel attempt. This was a magnificent threading in and out of several signature spots, and not just that, but one of their buddies' signature spots into other stuff. That was really smart. Omega counters a Rainmaker with a huge Uranagi. Ibushi kicks out of some stiff offense, and then the Golden Lovers get the win with the Golden Trigger. Ishii got cracked Mm. real proper. Oh yeah, he and, got he got smacked. Yeah, and Jim Ross was putting over the 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 jaw swelling after the match. I thought that yeah. was a nice touch as well. Might as well. Uh, I've been I've been to the two previous Long Beach shows live. 
And uh, to me, the Bucks versus the Golden Lovers was it wasn't as good live as it was on TV because they they missed a couple of spots that were kind of yes. iffy. The closest thing to a New Japan in Japan match, other than this, was the Ishii versus Omega match where Ishii bit the top rope to keep from or was that Saber? I can't remember which match that was, but you know, it, it had the same kind of elements to that U.S. title tournament at the time this is the type of main event that people want when they pay the money to see new japan in america yep now if they could get singles matches with some stakes to it like an iwgp heavyweight title match probably be even better but this is a nice start loved this match absolutely loved it was expecting something a little bit more after the fact involving jay white but uh not gonna complain on that account but uh this this was absolutely solid and i loved i loved the interplay between ishii and kota Ibushi, especially that last slap battle i absolutely loved it real good stuff king of pro wrestling is just next week we will have live coverage of it as it airs I'm hoping to do some sort of recap podcast. Obviously, it won't be right after. We have a psychotic weekend coming up next Saturday with Super Showdown in the morning, UFC 229, Habib versus McGregor at night. We will have a full preview podcast, Fightful MMA podcast, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you tune in to the Listen Your Boy Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, closer to episode 100. But New Japan wasn't done. Bullet Club is in the ring. Kota Ibushi in the ring. I don't know if he's technically a part of them now. I mean, he's just doing his... He's He is the true freelancer. My God. Omega says, I know we made a 10-year promise, but let's run this back at King of Pro Wrestling. And Cody Rhodes slid in, and <laughs> his sense of urgency sliding into the ring to be like, whoa, hold your horses. I bought it. And he says, I know... Uh, I need to get involved in this. Omega agrees. Triple threat match next week for at King of Pro Wrestling. Not something New Japan does a lot for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Jeff. There's only been one other triple threat. And it's yes. odd because I, I think it was Dave Meltzer who, who said, you know what, the beauty of of new Japan is that they never do triple threat matches because they just focus on the one-on-one storytelling. And I'm like, Oh, I cannot wait till he talks about this right now, but it's true. When you do a triple threat match, you have to build, you know, three different connecting stories to it. And they've kind of done that throughout this entire being the elite thing. So I, you know what, while I wanted the one-on-one rematch, I don't mind the triple threat. And I think Cody's probably going to end up taking the fall, which is probably what, and you'll eventually get the one-on-one match. You just got to wait a little longer to let the story play out. Yeah. To me, Cody Rhodes matches aren't necessarily, they're much more fast paced than they used to be, but they're not so fast paced. And in today's wrestling landscape, that's what a lot of people want. This match will be, I mean, triple threat matches usually are, the thing with New Japan, when they do something like this, it does make it more special because, my God, they've they've never done a casket match. <laughs> WWE ran casket matches into the ground 20 years ago. They don't do, like, any stipulation matches. So when they go to it, it can be done in a, a special, fun, unique way. And, of course, 
We have live podcasts covering all the happenings in wrestling this week, my friends. Raw, SmackDown, Super Showdown, UFC next weekend. We have that 205 Live NXT May Young Classic review immediately following that block on FightfulSelect.com. Really encourage you guys to check that out. Just head over to FightfulSelect.com. See what we have to offer. You might like something, and it's dirt cheap. Jeff, what do you got going on this week? Uh, this week, Chris Novembrino and I on Shake Them Ropes will preview the Australian Super Super Show Dash Down. Uh, in addition to anything that happens on uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and 205 Live. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow my blatherings at Crap Game 13. Who knows? Oh, and I'm Team Habib. I really want him to beat Connor. I don't see it. I'll tell you why. Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Fightful MMA Podcast with MMA Insiders, James Lynch, Showdown Joe. I think James is going to be there. I don't think he'll have left for Vegas yet. We'll see. James, or Joe, is currently on a plane from Japan calling the Ryzen Show. I hope I'm not flying solo for the biggest MMA podcast of the year, but we'll see. Guys, join our live coverage and discussion. Just chime in. Make your predictions. I'm going to run a contest uh, based on stories that are commented on on Fightful.com. I'm really looking to grow that community. Also, we have forums. I know Jeff for a long time had an Ask Jeff thread up there that was very popular. Check it out, guys. Lots of ways to stay in contact with us. Until next time, guys, leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. We are out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.